Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, aka your holistic guide to being a wealthy woman. I'm your host, Donnie, and on this show, I talk to the dopest women experts, entrepreneurs, influencers, corporate baddies, and occasional wildcard guests while they share their wisdom from the experiences that brought them to where they are today. So let's upgrade our lives together, but more importantly, let's get wealthy. On this episode, I am speaking with Nicole Lionel. Once again, I am fangirling on this episode because Nicole is one of my dream guests. She is the owner of the fast fashion brand Shop Nicole Lionel, and she also has her designer brand, Nicole Lionel, the label. In her first year of business, she was able to hit over a million in revenue, and she's also done some really amazing things in her career, such as when she did her exclusive collection in Nordstrom's. But aside from that, we know her to be a huge influence on the internet, and over the years, we have grown to love her through her content on Instagram. During this interview, she gets really candid and discusses some controversies that have come up about her as well as her relationship and how that's affected her business. So I cannot wait for you to hear this. I really appreciate her vulnerability. I really appreciate hearing from her at this season in her life because she is a seasoned entrepreneur and she shared a lot of really great insight that you can learn from. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I'm fangirling a little bit. I'm super excited for this interview because you are like one of my dream guests for the show. Oh my gosh. So thank you for being here, Nicole. <laughs> thank you for having me. I've been like obsessed with you on TikTok. Oh, thank you. No, that's an honor. That means a lot. So um, I've been following you for years and I love your career. Just everything that you do, I feel like um, you do it with such grace. But I also feel like you are, I think you're the epitome of like living into who you truly are and like using that to your advantage in business. And so that is why I wanted you on the show because I wanted to like really talk through your career, your journey, but like the evolution of it all, where you are now. So to start things off, can you give me like a little backstory on how you got started, but also like talk about, you know, how you feel about your journey? Cause I, I know a lot of people ask you what you do and, you know, the how you got here, but like, how do you feel about it? Are you proud of where you are? Do you feel like there's more you want to do? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'll say both. So backstory, I grew up like super upper middle class household, traditional. I didn't have parents who were huge dreamers. Uh, They attempted Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and they failed. So they were a little bit jaded with that. But later on, um, I caught the bug. So I always wanted to be a fashion designer. I've always been a dreamer. When my mom told me to wash the dishes, I was dreaming. I'm in a princess in a castle and she's an evil witch. And the main thing I always focused on was my outfit, though. Like I would put sheets together and make bridal gowns. Like I was always into it. But I was taught that fashion is something that you do after work. Uh, My parents never encouraged it. My mom never told me that this is this billion-dollar industry. I had a personal shopper at Nordstrom's when I was five, like, who laid out the clothes for me. And it was more about the clothes, the end result. I never really learned the business side of things. So fast forward, I was, you know, graduating from high school, going to college. I, again, was traditional. My dream was to get a house in Lakewood. 
and be a teacher and just keep it really simple because I had parents who worked really hard. I was raised by my grandparents. I felt like while they attended everything, they were always working and I just didn't really want that for myself, I thought, until I actually went and tried to do it. I started doing my observation hours as a teacher and I absolutely hated it. I love kids, but the pay and the just like politics, the back end of it, it just wasn't my thing. And I seriously worked every job underneath the sun from central command at a hospital to teaching preschool, bottle service girl, you name it, I've tried it. But what people always asked me about was my outfit. And I love putting things together for not only myself, but for other women, because I realized when you look great. You feel good. It's just like gives you that extra bounce, like especially as a woman and especially as a black woman. Like I grew up in the beauty shop and just putting ourselves together has always been a thing. And when you ask me how I feel about it now, I can't even believe this is my life. Like I do have moments where there's so much further, you know, where I want to go and things that I want to do, but I have done a lot of amazing things. So I would say I'm proud, but I definitely am still in the imposter syndrome. I still feel like five-year-old Nicole with the sheets. (laughs) Oh, no, I, I totally get what you mean. So when I was younger, my grandma, she was like a huge influence in my life and she was always around. And she used to let me design my own clothes and she would take my designs. Like she let me draw them and she'd take my designs to a seamstress. And I wanted, I was the opposite. I wanted to be a designer and then I ended up becoming a coach. So, (laughs) but that it never leaves you. So I totally get that. Like it never leaves you. It's always something that like when, I feel like when people allow their children to be creative and like really take ownership of how they look, it's like, so it it impacts them forever. Yeah. So, okay. So I love that. I never heard you talk about that. Like as far as when you were a little kid, that's so cute. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like so many women, we've all, you know, when it comes down to it, we make it work and we make it happen. So that's a, that's really interesting that you've like had so many different odd jobs. Um, So when you started like with. (laughs) I just had a flash of them all. Oh, so embarrassing. (laughs) we know this is the thing that I know with social media like everybody tries to act like their life is so great but we have all been there we have all had some jobs that we would love to forget and that (laughs) but I think that just makes you so relatable it's like and and too it it helps people realize like they can definitely have a fairy tale ending like you have had you know and it's not even the end this is like just the the beginning the middle like you know what I mean? You have so much more to do. Um, I feel like we leave that out on social media too. Like everyone acts like it's together and it's good, but I love my grind. I'm still on the grind. Exactly. (laughs) I agree. And I think it's just important to talk about it. Like we're we're not perfect. Everyone's been through something, you know? Um, But like to piggyback off of that, you are a trailblazer in the space. Like you have kind of, to me, in my opinion, you've built, what is now considered like the blueprint for building online boutiques and online stores, um, you know, women's stores specifically. And I see a lot of people trying to copy like your format and how you promote your business and how you've done things. And so how do you like, how do you keep things innovative? Like what are you doing to like continue to be the blueprint? 
Oh my gosh. You know what? Just even thank you for seeing me and thank you for saying that because that's like, like you just gave me chills because I, um, oh. I'm in it, you know, but yeah. I will say I've been doing this for a while. And when I started, no, there weren't a lot of, especially girls who look like me. I, I started with my boutique and I branched into design, but I tell people all the time, I don't always get to wear and sit at the fashion designer table because I am in fast fashion and I love it. I love to see it. While sometimes it means you're doing something good. And I would say that what really helps me is I, like I said, I'm a dreamer. I don't, it's going to sound, I'm just saying it. I don't go on Pinterest to look for things to do. I go on Pinterest to find a reference for what is already in my mind because I dream this. I I have like, when you close your eyes, like, what do you see? Like when I go out and I and I'm just always observing and looking at the world through a lens. I remember one of my cousins told me this and it just like made my day. He was like, you know how to look at the world and make it beautiful. Not everybody has that gift. And I didn't even know that that is a gift. And how do you monetize that? So I I love it. Like every time I'm out, every time I'm doing something, I just love making women beautiful. And I would say focusing on that, I feel like now uh, the only problem I do have with the whole blueprint thing is we all think, um, I feel like right now attention is, it's a blessing and a curse right now. It's like everyone is addicted to attention nowadays. So I think that sometimes you don't really want the thing. You want the attention that someone else is getting from it and you need to more focus on the thing. Like for me, fashion is my thing. I'm in love with it. On Sundays, I, I go on YouTube and I go outside and I, I watch all the shows and, and I just really am into it. So I think that's what has always made me a little bit different because when you're truly authentic and in your purpose, people can feel that. Absolutely. And I think too, like, I do want to touch on the fact that you, your business, you are the face of it, right? So I'm sure that impacts you on such a great level. <laughs> like on one hand, I'm sure it really aids in your business's growth. But on the other hand, like you said, it brings a lot of attention to you as a person. And so like, how do you find that balance or how do you set boundaries around that? Um, I've, first, I feel like you have to be like almost crazy to do this. This is like a lot. Running a business is a huge, whew, it's like, it's so much pressure with just running the business. And then on top of that, to show up as a face, it, it sounds good. But until you really have to do it, especially on days when you don't really feel like it, like content creation is a newer thing, but I've been doing it for like, I'm almost like 10 years now. Like this is just like a lot. So I, I have a love hate relationship <laughs> with it. I will say on one hand, I show up, I do my best to show up in excellence. And on the other hand, I do have now at this point in my career, I am trying to find my balance. So I don't burn out. So I don't, um, you have to work on your self-talk and all of that. Like we're women, we're getting older and you know, your body's changing. Like sometimes I just want to eat cheeseburgers all day and not do glam and not show up. I just want to do the back end of the business. So I had to put people in place. I feel like the best part is I have an amazing team. I have an amazing team of women who helped me make my dream come true. And I will feel, I feel like that is the secret as soon as you can is finding amazing help. 
No, yeah, it really is. <laughs> Having a team, <laughs> it's life-changing <laughs> once you can actually have one. Um, so, okay, with your, because like you said, like everything um, revolves around you as far as like the promotional material. So when you do that, like have, I know I've seen you use other models and stuff, but do you feel like it, things go better when it's you in the yes. images? Help me. <laughs> Let me find a model. I am tired of, they, I have created a community. What I love about my community is when I get my girls activated, they show up like no other. Women, and especially Black women, have changed my life. They have shown up for me in ways that I couldn't even dream of. I have been able to do amazing things just because of them. But my girls, I feel like I work for them because when it comes to models, they're like, uh, uh, no, silence. Yeah, silence. <laughs> And I haven't been able, you know, I make pretty good money. So those days when they're silent, I'm like, come on. So I haven't been able to sit through enough of the silence for it to cross over. But I am looking for a Claire Huxtable in her 20s with a cute little shape to replace me, please. See, we're here. I always <laughs> reference Claire Huxtable and people are like, that is so random. <laughs> I'm obsessed love- with her. She's everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> no, but okay. I completely get what you're saying because I, I mean, even as a coach, I feel like your business revolves around you. You're the face of everything. You're the one that has to film the ads. You're the one that has to do, like you're doing all the things, right? Because you're also the CEO and all of that. And I know for me, it, I had a lot of burnout at one point. And so I'm sure that it's like a juggling act for you. And I think that that's really interesting. Um, because it's so good that like your audience loves you like that, you know, like that's hard for a lot of people to build that level of connection with their audience. But like at the same time, like you said, you want a break. (laughs) Yes. And that's the part where you look at business, you look at maybe one day, who do you want to be in this industry? Like, do you want to sell one day? And when it is solely, you know, you're the main person, it's just a lot of, a lot of pressure, but I love it. I, I, it's, it's different, but I definitely love it. Yes, I, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that is having an exit strategy for their business, you know, because mm-hmm. when we first start our businesses, we're so consumed with, oh, this is just a dream I had, or, oh my gosh, my business is coming to life. But it's like, eventually there should be some type of plan, you know, on if you're going to keep growing this business, like, what are we going to do with it? Are we passing it on to family? Are we selling it? Are we going to go public? Like, what is the goal here? So for you right now, do you have an idea or has it changed or like, what do you um, want to do with this business eventually? I don't know. I haven't really got it to where I want it to be yet. Okay. Um, I do struggle still because my boutique makes me so much money, but I, I also want to be a fashion designer. So it's like, and it's very hard because I mean, fashion is very fickle and I'm telling you the designer girls don't let you sit with them when you have a fast fashion brand. So yeah. that's hard. But I mean, being transparent, it's just the money is completely different and it's a lot faster and it's it's amazing. So mm. I would say that I would love to be a global brand. I would love to be a legacy brand right now. Uh, but if that bag came along, if you're watching, you're listening, my ears are open. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. <laughs> so if you, okay. So there's so many things you just said that I want to touch on. 
So, okay, let me backtrack a little bit because one thing that I know for sure with you that I think drew my attention to you was you are petite like me. And so, <laughs> and there's not a lot of like, yes, there are brands that have clothing for petite women, but there's not a lot of brands where I see myself first and foremost, where it's like, you know, normally they go for like midsize or they go for the girl that's like five, six or whatever. And there's like the standard body type. And even as you have, you know, evolved over the years, like, like you just said, like you're a woman, your body fluctuates, you're doing different things. And so do you feel like that, that you evolving as a person has helped your sales? Or do you feel like your audience has like, you know, had a pushback? Because I, I, I'll just say this. I remember one day you had posted um, a screenshot of somebody accidentally sending you a comment about them commenting on your body. And I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> okay, we can get into it. Let's yeah. have a conversation. Let's have the real, let's have the real conversation. So I, I, at this point, have a natural body and it is a struggle, especially with the fast fashion. Some of our favorite larger fast fashion, um, you're selling a dream. You know, you're selling, we all want to look like that. But I mean, is it realistic all the time? Maybe I'm 38 years old. I've, um, I had a 22 inch waist when I was, you know, in my 20s. And it was snatched. It was giving. Now, <laughs> sometimes it's not that way. And, and it's with, still giving. <laughs> and I will say that it has helped me because you feeling like that is exactly what I'm trying to do. I want women to look at me and see themselves. Whether you, I think women should do whatever makes them happy. If you want to go get snatched, go get snatched. I don't care. Like at this point, we all just should be happy and feel beautiful. I don't think you should shame other women. And especially with social media, that's what it's done. Sometimes we have created these unattainable standards. You don't know. I mean, even fashion magazines, they spend so much money on editing and apps and perfect lighting and all of these things. And you have girls who are sitting at home comparing themselves to this. And it's just unrealistic. There is no way that I should have created a multi-million dollar fashion brand being the face of it. And I am five foot nothing and a little curvy. Like, it's just, you know, but I will say too, I am proportionate. And also sometimes I look curvier than I am. I'm actually a size two, but in pictures, people, I've had people meet me and like, oh, I thought we were like, sorry, I'm a whole small person, but um, yeah. I think it's good and I love it. If I, if I do want to change anything in the future, I will probably be one of those people who shares it or at least, you know, I just want women to feel their best. And I feel like one thing I'm going to highlight with my brand is just dressing for your body. That's one thing that I've been always been able to do well. And I love to create items that hide the things that we don't want to highlight and really snatch up that waist and highlight the things that we do want to show off. So yeah, I think it's amazing. But social media definitely will drive you crazy, especially with the comments, because you could already be feeling something and then you have other people, you know, we all act like we're unbothered, but sometimes it, it should bother you that someone's trying to pick you apart or tear you down. Yeah. And I know from experience, like being somebody that's constantly taking content and photos of yourself, 
you will notice a change before anybody else has to say anything. And I think it's so interesting that people on the internet think that they have to tell us how we look like we didn't know. <laughs> I don't understand the obsession. Sometimes I ask that on my page. I'm like, why does my fat make you mad? Like, I don't understand what it's doing to you. It's very strange. <laughs> but yeah, I think, and that's something else, like people don't realize when you are so short, because I'm 5'2", or no, I'm 5'1". Now I'm trying to give myself an extra inch. I'm 5'1". And any few little pounds. You Unforgiving. Can, yeah. Yeah. I can gain five pounds and it's giving blood. Everywhere. So <laughs> Everywhere. So yeah, I think people are just really dramatic sometimes, but also I feel like because they are so consumed with everyone else and everything that's going on on social media, it's like we have gotten ourselves into this loop or this mental train of thought where it's like we feel like we have to pick everything apart or judge it. And it's like everything doesn't require judgment. Sometimes you can just take it in and appreciate it or just keep scrolling, you know, like. It's usually a reflection of something that someone else is going through. And especially within yeah. our community, we do that better than anyone else. So if we see a woman yeah. and um, she's successful or she's nice, attractive, or she's in shape, whatever we have going on, we or don't have going on, usually that's, it's like a mirror. Whatever yeah. we don't have and we see another woman, we're better than anybody than to bring it up. <laughs> To, and a lot of people do that to make themselves feel better. It's like, oh, well, it, I have this. And so it's it's silly. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's it's really sad. But yes, you're totally correct. Everything everything that we perceive is like a reflection of it or the way that we perceive things is a reflection of us. So, yeah. And, and it's just sad, honestly. But, you know, we wish them the best. <laughs> yeah, because one day these girls keep bothering me. I'm going to get snatched. And now what? Leave me alone. And then they're going to talk about that. It's it's probably going to be something. Yeah, then then it's that. And that's the only part that worries me because I feel like as women, we should do it for ourselves. If you want to go change something, if you want to do something to make yourself feel better, just make sure you're doing that for you and not for other people because they're always, always going to find something. Yeah, I know when – because I recently had lipo and – Whew, the comments. It's so good. It looks Thank so you. good. I saw it on TikTok. I was like, yes. Thank you. But yeah, the comments definitely ranged. It was like some people were DMing me. Like there were so many secret DMs of like, oh my gosh, girl, I was thinking about it too. And then on my page, it's like all these random men and they're like talking about my body. And I'm like, this is just weird. So yeah, people are very interesting. Um, okay, but back to the fast fashion conversation, because you mentioned that you want to really be a like high-end designer. And so do you wish that you had started that way versus doing fast fashion or do you love this, what you're doing right now? Um, I wish I had the capital to do it. I mean, being mm. honest, um, it's much harder for black designers. Like not only, not all of us come from a fund or a family who's been doing this for 300 years. Like it's really hard to bootstrap a a business as a designer. We don't talk about the numbers. We don't talk about the business side. I've learned my lesson with producing and creating. <laughs> it's given starving artists and I make millions of dollars over here. So it's like, would you really, I can't kind of put this down right now. Um, I don't know if I would change it because I actually love fast fashion as well. Not like the, not what it does to the environment and so many sides of it, but 
I mean, I do my best to create on-trend items and looks that are affordable to the everyday woman. So I don't say, I, I do wish like in my mind, it would be so cool to have this like office and this life and I could just create, but I would have to have like an ex- astronomical amount of capital to do it the way that I want to do it. Yeah. I think people underestimate how expensive fashion can be, especially when it's quality, you know? And I think what you, what you said is so valid. Like, especially as a woman of color, we, we start businesses so much, right. But a lot of us are not successful with them. And so you considered all of the right factors, you know, like you had to consider what is going to get you to a place of being profitable what is going to be sustainable right now with the reality of things. And I think like the choice that you made makes total sense. Um, but hopefully there's somebody listening to this that can give you funding for, you know, Nicole, Lionel, the label. But we don't talk about that with funding. Who, yeah. like, what do you have to give up? Like we, we don't talk about that. And right now I am 100% owned by me. So that. I have had that opportunity, but what I would have to give up is very significant at this point. I wasn't able to make that choice. But yes, if the right person is listening, come on. (laughs) Exactly. The right person. Yeah, I think that would be really amazing to see you live out that dream. And I can't wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I can't wait for that because we all want – I mean, you kind of did it. Like You kind of did um, a line like that with Nordstrom. How was that experience? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I do have the label. The label is yes. successful. It's just not as successful as Shop Nicole Linnell. Like, I, it's not in the multi-millions. And we probably barely hit a million, just being honest with that. Um, I did do an amazing, I feel like I, I say collaboration just being used to it, but I actually produced a collection that was sold in Nordstrom's. It wasn't a collaboration. Like, I had to, like, I have chest pains just talking about it like creating a product for big box stores is just a whole different ball game and I do know that if I wasn't a profitable business that would have bankrupted me if you're not prepared wow no yeah I I think I didn't have the resources yeah yeah no yeah I think a lot of people underestimate how expensive it is to get into retail and it's like the production costs and then also too, depending on what store and what, you know, like if you have um, beauty products or whatever, you have to pay for shelf space. Like there are so many fees and so much that goes into just getting all of the product made to get to the store. <laughs> and I think like it is so interesting because I think it's that um, it's that balance between, okay, this is going to get us to the next level or this is going to help our distribution. This is going to help us gain a new customer base. But then also it's like, is it worth the risk? Is it worth, you know, like you said, potentially going bankrupt to even get it into the store. So, but then at the same time, like you said, it's that other argument of like, do we want to get funding? What are we going to have to give up to get funding? It's very, it's a very interesting like balance that you have to maintain and hard decisions, I'm sure. That you yeah, had to figure out. I gave everything to do that and it was amazing. I'm so happy. But the reason I'm kind of moving a little bit slower with my next one is just because it could have killed us. Like just being honest if you're not prepared. But I'm so happy that my girls showed up for me and we knocked it out the park. That's amazing. Of course we're gonna show up for you. Duh. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> 
don't know yet. Right? <laughs> but I'm happy if it will. Um, but yeah, so, okay. I want to touch on, um, you've just recently like gotten into coaching, right? And I, I was in it before I came back. Yes. Yes. You're <laughs> correct. You were in it before. Um, and so you, what like made you want to start coaching again? Um, I would say that I didn't have time before. That was the number of one thing I tried to do it before, but I really didn't have the time. I was like knee deep in my business. So it's like, how can I really teach? And I don't, it takes a lot of time and energy to pour into others. Also, I was watching what it's become. I'll just be, oh gosh, I'll just be honest on here. I've watched it. I watched what it's become and I had a lot of people who came to me after they spent a lot of money and they just weren't seeing the results. And it was both, you know, execution, but it also was, you know, like sometimes the best way to learn is from someone who's actually done it. So I know there are a lot of people who can tell you things, but it's totally different when you actually have done it. Yeah. And as long as you've done it, right? Like you, it's yeah. not like you just did it for a year and then started trying to coach. It's and like I had to prove that to myself it. as well. That's why I like took a break from it and came back now. And it's been, and I love not only making women feel beautiful and look beautiful, but this can be life-changing. Like we know what starting a business and putting yourself out there and what it can do not only for yourself, but for others. I talk about holding up the line often. And I know that when God puts a calling on my life or when I get a whisper, I know that I need to move on it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> Our calling is not about us. It is about everybody else that we're here to impact. And I've always felt like that too. Like I've always said that and people kind of look at me crazy because they think I'm being dramatic, but like, I really believe that like, if God asked me to do something, there's so much, there's so many blessings that are attached to it. Not just my own blessings, but like, there's so many people where I'm meant to be the catalyst in their life for certain things. And so if I don't do my part, it's like, how are they able to get to their destiny? You know? And so that I always say that like with, with passing on knowledge, it's so beautiful because especially if you give it to the right person that's actually going to do something with it, you can see such a huge like return on that. Like, you know, of course it's not necessarily going to benefit me monetarily. Like they're not going to come back and be like, Oh, here you go. Here's money that I made. <laughs> right. But it's like, you get to see their lives literally transform from the information that you're telling them. But also there have been people that have come to me and I'm sure they've said this to you too. Like, you were exactly what I was praying for. I've been praying for these answers. I've been searching everywhere for these answers. And now I've encountered you and things have shifted for me. So I love that you've gotten into coaching. And I totally agree because I used to be like that. Before I started coaching, um, I used to feel like, ew, it's icky, like, you know, because of the industry. That's hard. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I watch you. I admire you. I look at what you do and it's so beautiful. Not only are you beautiful, but what you share oh, you. is amazing and it and it helps so many women. And we need to see that. Be, you don't know who you're impacting. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's for a reason. And there was times in my life where I felt 
but that comes from a lack of confidence. There have been times where I felt like, oh, I don't want to show anyone because they're going to do what I'm doing. But I know what I'm doing and I know I do it really good. So all that I know, all that I've created, all that I've been through, someone can do it and it's still, they're not going to be me. And I especially want women and I especially want women like me to get out there and do something amazing because it just makes it better. And then they'll have more money to buy clothes for me. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was so good. You are correct. Like I, I feel the exact same way because especially when I first started coaching, I think because I was in this headspace of like, I have to stand out. I have to make sure people know that like my message is different or that I'm unique or whatever. And I just did not want to like, you know, I did, I, I, cause I just didn't want anyone to copy me or, you know, it's all these little things, but like, that's really just insecurity. Cause if you're good at what you do and if you really know what you're doing, no one's going to be able to like get the same results as you because you, it's you, right. It's like, you have to have a certain level of confidence in yourself and what you're doing and know that like, even if I pass on this information, even if I give somebody the whole blueprint play by play, like it's not going to take away from what I'm doing. So that's beautiful. (laughs) Yes. We love a secure woman. (laughs) Okay. So with, um, with your new programs and stuff, are you mainly focusing on teaching sales? Are you teaching them how to start their business? Like what are you focused on? So it's called ready, set, launch. And I pretty much prepare you before, And basically just that, getting you ready to launch. And then I pretty much share almost everything that I know right now. um, I have a series of masterclasses where I teach everything from mindset to making the money to keeping the money and then what to do when it stops because there are ebbs and flows to your business. I could tell you, oh, launch, but what happens after you launch? What happens when it gets slow? Content, as we see, is evolving. You know, like I I found you on TikTok and then now I come to Instagram and then now I'm following your journey. Now I'm into you in a different way. Like how, how do you keep people engaged? How do you get them to follow you to different platforms? How do you market to them? The art of selling is just not everybody has it. Okay. You know, we're, we're not in the, in your face, picture perfect times anymore. Like you have to be special. Now the algorithm is not our friend anymore. There was a time when I started my business where I could just post a picture and make, and I, that's what made me my first million. That is over. Now I have to come up with a whole new strategy and evolve. And that's a conversation that I have with my clients. And I love that. Like, I love that yeah. light bulb that goes off when mm-hmm. you show people where they're kind of going wrong. And a lot of us are stuck in our ways and we'll think that we're doing something and it worked before. Why isn't it working now? You constantly have to pivot in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're correct on that. Yeah. What what um, have you changed or what have you had to adjust in your strategy? Like, because like you said, before it was like, I just post a picture. Now it's like, what what are the things that you do in order to like get momentum in your business? I call it my trifecta. I share it. Um, I share it in my program as well, much deeper, but the social media followed by your email, followed by your SMS and now push notifications. Like you constantly, now we have AI and everything coming into play. Like you need to be on these things. Imagine, I think about this all the time because I remember seeing social media at first and thinking like, 
like nobody cares about my sandwich. Like, but I think what if I had been one of those first people who were posting on whatever platform? You can really blow up. Or what if I was the first person who captured all these emails and had this great newsletter? Like getting on it early, timing is everything, and then being consistent. That is where most people, I mean, I don't know about your clients, but that's the biggest struggle for most people. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's that. And I think I realized too with um, the consistency struggle or just what I've observed, it's a lot of times it's because people are looking for quick wins. And if they don't see a payoff really quickly, then they don't feel the motivation to keep going. And people don't understand that motivation is just not realistic. There will be plenty of days that we're not motivated. You still just have to keep showing up. You still have to be disciplined enough and um, in, in believing yourself enough to continue showing up. You know what I mean? Like just be accountable to yourself. So yeah, I, I love that you're doing this. This is so good. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. And I know that this business will blow up just as big as you know your clothing. So if you guys have any interest in starting a boutique, I highly recommend that you go on and go to one of Nicole's master classes, sign up for her program because she, like we just said, she's the blueprint. Why would you not learn from the greatest? Like, duh. <laughs> of course. Um, okay. Also too, I did want to touch on this because I, this came up on my TikTok feed and I kind of wanted it to um, go off on the person that posted it, but then I was like, let me calm down. But <laughs> People, people on TikTok feel like they know everything and they know absolutely nothing. But somebody was posting trying to accuse you of stealing somebody else's designs or something like that from their clothing line. And I would just love for you to clear this up because I don't think that people understand the way that sourcing products in fast no. fashion and how all that works. So, I mean, has anybody watched Devil Wars Prada? Like she breaks it down for you about the, what is it? I forgot the color blue sweater, how the high-end designers make it and then it trickles down. But with this particular instance, I have worn, I think it was, was it the sweater one? Because this mm -hmm. happens to me all the time. People just, I feel like when you have a certain light on your life, people want to find like that's something to make you a bad, make you bad. But oh, yeah. it was a 3D sweater. Oh my gosh, this sweater. So I feel like number one on social media, I am not obligated to tag an item that I wear on my personal page. If I want to wear it, I'm wearing it. I didn't have the best experience ordering the sweater, so I did not tag the girl who made it. So this particular girl was a fan, and I don't think she got the attention that she wanted from me, so she created this whole campaign to paint me as someone who is pretending to make the sweater. I didn't make the sweater, Never said I made the sweater. I do have a knit piece that was coming out. So I was asked on live, is it coming? Of course, I'm not going to tear down another business and tell them about my horrible experience. But what I did say is I have something, you know, a knit piece coming. You guys don't worry to brush it off because I know the power with my voice. I know what could happen if I talk about a bad experience with someone. I know what that can do to their business. Chose not to. So mm -hmm. I continue to wear my sweater that I bought in various colors with my own money. And <laughs> this girl just was real big mad about it. But I never made the sweater. I never even sold the sweater. I don't even know. But I do have items on my site that are 
designer influenced. And what people don't understand is when you are shopping and the fashion district, nobody tells you like, hey, do you want to buy this knockoff? Like you just have to kind of know. And it's also impossible for you to know every design that's out. So I do my best to stay away from influence pieces. But somebody lying because recently I had a little two piece that is an influenced designer piece. It's not dead on, but you definitely know it's influence. And y'all, those girls, I sold thousands of that two-piece. So somebody's lying. The girls love it. So they like it. It's cool when y'all do it. Right. It's a problem when I do it. <laughs> but I will say that is just, I feel like TikTok is that place where TikTok has no mercy. If they feel like they want to expose, I feel like that is the dangerous part of social media where they want to expose people. And you know what was really crazy is someone actually is running an ad with me with that sweater on. And I'm not even the one selling it. And I got dragged. <laughs> but oh my God. once China gets your design, that thing is out there. And now it's all of our design. Like, yeah, everybody it's over at that it. point. Yeah. Over. Wow. Okay. So that is not what I thought happened. I thought that you guys just had the same supplier, but wow, that's worse. Okay. <laughs> no, it was like, it's a sweater. I love the, like, um, they're like that chunky knit. You can get mm-hmm. them on Etsy. Like, yeah. Anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why when I saw it, I was like, it's not like I've never seen anything like this before. So her I acting this way, I was like, that's interesting. Girl. It was just very weird. It was witch hunty. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, she. It's okay. We'll stink. I hope <laughs> she's doing better. <laughs> I hope that got her whatever result she was looking for. I don't know what happened. Right. So, anyways, on on <laughs> to the next part. Um. So, <laughs> you are in a beautiful relationship, yeah. and you. I just saw that you guys celebrated your anniversary, your two year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I love him. Oh, and we love that you love him. We love this for you. We love it looks good on you. So, um, how how has that been like transitioning to being in this relationship? Because it's long distance, right? So yeah. that takes a lot of effort, like more effort than usual, right? So mm-hmm. how has that been adjusting to that dynamic and putting effort into that, but also maintaining your business, putting effort into your business and maintaining your momentum, like what is that juggling act been for you? It is a struggle, okay? It is so worth it. I will say that before I had these goals, you know, like when I get this car, I'm gonna be so happy. When I get this place, I'm gonna be so happy. And then there was always this emptiness because I'm a super hopeless romantic. I'm a super lover girl. So I would get to these moments and I would always ask God, like, what what is all this for if I don't have my person? Um, Mm. I've had other relationships, but uh, we have a whole nother podcast on that. You know, people will fall in love with you as they meet you. And then when you evolve into a different person things can change and that's for friendships and also relationships. So entrepreneurship, you will have to make choices. And at a different time, I chose my, was more focused on my career. So as I got to a better place in my career, I started to feel that emptiness and I will say the balance. So when I first met him two years ago, it was like super love land. Our first date was three weeks. He's the first person who could get me to not get right back to my business. I had never left my business for more than a weekend. 
And he was like, oh, well, if you're a girl boss and your business is booming like that, how come you can't take a few days off and come put your toes in the sand? And I was like, excuse me. Yes, I can. Here I come. So, um, but that let me know like, wow, look at this. Like you're getting swept off your feet. You're having this romance and your business is still okay. But I will say that extremes on both ends are not good for you because there were times in the first year where I didn't come up for air and I would be twirling around with him and my boo is amazing at digital products. So he's booming. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, um, yeah, (laughs) I need to have a photo shoot or something. Right. (laughs) I'm not about to lose everything I built. So I had to find that balance. So that's what this year has been more about is finding my balance. I still don't have it. I don't think it really exists, but I'm just doing my best when I'm here in Miami. I'm totally in love. I'm girlfriend, but I still have to show up for work. And when I'm in LA, I can completely be consumed with it. But I will say both are worth it. And one of my dear friends, Coriel, had told me, I want the money and the honey. And there is nothing like it. Yes, we love this. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's just natural. Like, once you're actually in love, it's like, you know, you're in La La Land for a second. And it's hard. It's hard to, like, balance it. And like you said, balance may not even be a thing. Like, it may not even be realistic. But the fact that you are, I think it's just a thing of prioritizing, right? Like, you know what needs to be done, ultimately, to maintain your relationship and maintain your business. And it's just a matter of making that happen rather than just trying to make everything perfectly balanced, you know? Um, Yeah. So how or in what ways do you feel like Tony has added to your business or added to, you know, the things that you do on a professional level? I mean, he pours into me in every way. I mean, everyone saw like the big investment moment. Um, That was amazing, even though where is the plus size line? I'm just hiding in shame all the time. But (laughs) um, it's amazing to have a partner who gets entrepreneurship. Like I will mm-hmm. wake up and he's always showing me something new. He's all, always inspiring me. He's always pushing me. He's always bringing me back because I am a Gemini and I will go off the deep end. I will be like, oh my God, <laughs> the world is about to end. What am I going to do? Ah! And he's like, control what you can control. And yeah. that is amazing. Also, he shows up um, in a different way. You know, when I'm in LA and I am knee deep in work, then he'll come to LA And that's just amazing just to have a partner more than just, you know, I know how it is also to come home from work and someone's like, put it down. And it's like, I'm an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, I don't get, I'm not at that stage in my business where I can just ever put it down. It's always something. Yeah, absolutely. But that's good. (laughs) At least he understands, right? Because I've dated people where they just don't get it. And it's like, well, if you don't get it, I'm not going to keep having this conversation over and over, you know, because that gets right. exhausting to keep having to explain why you're doing what you're doing or why you're so, you know, involved in your work. And it's like, if I, if you don't understand that and you have a nine to five, I can't fault you for not understanding that. But also I have to recognize that that just does not flow with what I'm doing and who I am as a person and the ability that I have to like give into this relationship right now, you know? But I think that helps tremendously when he's in a similar spot or he's a little further along and he's like, I can actually help and I can add to that, but I can also just make room for what you need right now and where you're at and how you're flowing with your business. So that's beautiful. I love that he pushes you like that because most men, well, not most men, but like men that don't get it, they will pull you from your work. 
a lot of I would say not even men just even friendships all type of relationships like you the thing that attracts people to you, they will resent you for later. Like Uh what they love about you will be so amazing. And then once they realize the sacrifices, the time, the effort, the energy that you have to give it, that gets irritating for some people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. Yeah. People. (laughs) and, And I think we all do it on some level with certain things. Like it just happens where it's like the very, like you said, the very thing that I was attracted to is the thing that's preventing me from like getting what I want from you. And that can be sucky, but when you are attracted to people that do great things, it's like, that's a part of it. That's the part of the territory. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, if you could tell me what is like the biggest thing that you've learned from your first business to now, like what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in business? Don't be cheap. I feel like, um, Every time I've tried to think I was coming up on something, every time I think I was cutting corners, I have paid tremendously. With my first business, um, I had a tax person. We were not structured properly, and I had a tax person who didn't do my taxes correctly, and I ended up in huge um, debt with that and and other parts, just cutting corners in general, just not Mm -hmm. really doing things the correct way will bite you and you will end up paying twice. I feel like that is a big lesson um, in entrepreneurship in the beginning that I was always thinking I was, I was getting over or, Ooh, if I do it like this, I can, you know, make some extra money. And it always came back to bite me. I'm just not the person who gets to get over like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel, I, I feel the same way. I, whenever I try to do something slick, it just never works out for me. (laughs) Never. Busted, like man, like dang! Everybody else in Atlanta gets through with it. Why can't? (laughs) Maybe I just need to move to Atlanta. No, (laughs) but no, I I completely get that. Yeah, because yeah, cutting corners just never works out. Um, okay, so right now I think. I would love to know where you're at, like just on a personal level. Like, what are what what do you feel like you're you're currently experiencing as far? Like, what is your Nicole era right now? Like, what era of life are you? In? Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely. I've been obsessed with like the quantum leaping stuff on TikTok, and I yeah. feel like I just did a big leap. So this timeline, this is definitely my Nicole Linnell era. Um, I feel like you know, we're all saying that girl, I feel like last year was like the that girl energy and then really owning that. And I just moved into like my dream penthouse. And now just like, what do you want? And I Mm -hmm. think that before I wasn't like, I knew what I wanted, but now I just know you can literally have anything that you desire and you want. So I feel like that's the Nicole Linnell era that I'm in. And just creating the real life that I want in real life, though. Ooh, I love that. So what does a normal day look like for you at this point, like in your career? Oh, my gosh. It depends where I am because yeah. I, when I'm here in Loveland and Girlfriend, I show up in a different capacity in L.A., but when I'm in Miami, I wake up right here on the water and I tell my beautiful man I love him. And then I have a little bit more time. So I go over all 
the back end of my business, what sold well, what we need more of. So I can relay all of this to my operations manager when she wakes up. So uh, they come into my office at seven. So I let the girls know everything that needs to go on for the day um, at seven. And then I watch it like a hawk all day. I shoot some content. Uh, I send it over to the girls. They upload it to the site. They're shipping orders. I'm making sure everything is running smoothly when I'm here. And yeah, that's Miami life. Now, LA, LA life is 10 times harder. My, <laughs> I wake up at the crack of dawn. I do hair and makeup. My assistant is knocking on my door at 8 with um, my personal assistant with coffee. We're going over the day. We're going to get samples. We're shopping. So I have been... Um, I told you that last year I had to make some money back after I was over there playing lover girl. So I have got back on my grind. So the one of the ways that I have been able to um, really just kill them is shopping, shooting, and shipping in the same day. Sometimes Ooh. when you go through things in your business, you have to go back to what you know. And when I first started, I used to be in the fashion district at 8.30 in the morning. I would buy it before anyone else could even get the crust out of their eyes. I would shoot it and I would be right back at my vendor to buy out the style before anybody could even know what happened. So the girls wow. on the East Coast couldn't get it shipped to them. The girls on the West Coast weren't even up and down there. So I had to go back to what I know, and I started doing that again. So I'm right there at the district. I'm getting the hottest item. I'm shooting it. I'm getting it out. And rinse and repeat. And that has really, in the past, um, what is it, we in March, that has put me up 400% in my business. Sometimes you just have to get back on your grind. Wow. I love that. <laughs> Come on, giving us the exclusive like strategy. I love it. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. Sometimes, and I'll say this, because I've had those stages as well. Like when my business, it's like when you get to a spot where things are comfortable and you're like, oh, I can finally breathe. Or like you said, like maybe you get involved, wrapped up in a friendship or a romantic relationship. And then you look up and you're like, oh my God, what is going on, girl? I need to get back on it. But mm -hmm. going back to the fundamental things that got you to that place, no, nine times out of 10, they still work. And it's like, let's get back to that. Let's go back to the things that really got us to where we are. Because a lot of times we get comfortable and we start, you know, just slacking a little bit and feeling like, and, and it is like, we have a certain level of privilege that we've worked hard for, but you know, we got to stay on top of things. And so yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I hope the girls are taking notes because that was <laughs> a good one. Um, okay. So to wrap things up, I always ask everyone this question. What does it mean to you to be a wealthy woman? Ooh, oh my gosh, wealthy. That's a strong word. No. <laughs> um, I would say wealthy too, not just financially, because I feel like um, I have hit some pretty big num numbers and some of it has felt em empty sometimes, being honest. And I feel like right now being wealthy, I am wealthy in so many ways. Like I, when a woman is loved properly, she just you know, we all see the meme, you become 10 times the woman that you were before. So it is everything. Um, I am true life living my fashion fairy tale. I could not have dreamed the life that I have now. I prayed for this. I cried for this. I asked God for this. And he has shown up for me in a way that I could, this is bigger than my biggest dream. And mm -hmm. I am just fully thankful for everyone who has helped me on this journey. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I always say that. I want to be loved well. And I think you, it looks like you're being loved well. So that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you deserve everything, all the success, all of the, you know, accolades. I, I just hope that you feel like we're giving you your flowers because you truly deserve. And like I said, it was an honor having you on the show. So how can people find you? How can they work with you and and enroll in your program? All of those things. So if you want to learn from me, go to nicolanell.com. There's everything there. Webinars, workbooks, masterclass, uh, group coaching is all there. Um, If you want to buy from me, come on over to Shop Nicole Linnell, where we have on-trend pieces, serving the glamorous girl on the go. And if you want to get a little bit flyer, I call in on the label, Shop Nicole Linnell's like fly big sister. These um, are designs all created by me and you can go to NL the label. So yeah, that's everything. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. This was a blessing. Thank you. (laughs)